It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided our world has become? We desperately need stories of peace and healing. We find the bridge builders across the globe who are stepping into the divides of culture and bringing understanding, compassion, and reconciliation. And now, here's your hosts, Jonathan Sanborn and Lisa Jernigan. Hello, and my name's Jonathan, and I have with me Lisa. Jonathan and Lisa are here with you. We're so we're so excited that you're tuning in. Absolutely. So, hold on to your seats. It's gonna be a good show. We're gonna be. I'm excited about this. There's no one else in the studio. It's just Lisa and I. And and expect the unexpected. Expect right? the unexpected. So here's my. Let's start off with this question. I love questions. What, Go for it. What has been your experience with monkeys? Okay. So first of all, I've always wanted a monkey when you I was a kid. Really? Oh, for sure. Okay. I wanted a monkey. A chimpanzee. Okay. <laughs> really? For sure. Okay. Right? And then, okay, so like two years ago, I was in Rwanda. Okay. And they took us into the jungle. We walked back in there to where the monkeys live. And all these monkeys are swinging from the trees. And a monkey real almost- Real monkeys. Yeah. Real monkeys. Yeah. And a monkey almost decked me. He went swinging from a branch okay. across to this other tree. And literally, I felt him go by. But there were monkeys everywhere. They're on the ground. They're, they take you in. And they can guarantee you're going to see monkeys. And they wow. were everywhere. That was pretty exciting. That is exciting. I wanted to take one home, but it wasn't <laughs> sure. allowed. You will, so you you have this <laughs> desire in you for a pet monkey. I, I do. Well, uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I guess because they're just kind of cute, but but I also hear you know, there's other things with them. So, but I just think they're cute and fun. I did not know that about you. I know, right? A, mon- a monkey. A monkey lover. Almost a, every kid a, want a monkey, though. A fellow monkey lover. Yeah. Yes. The re- okay. First off, is the idea. The, the ideal of monkey is okay. great. The reality of monkey, yes, not so much. For sure. For sure. So I've been. I've had a lifelong love affair with monkeys, but I've also been surrounded at least three times. In life-threatening situations with monkeys. Have? Yes. Not gorillas, monkeys. No, monkey. Actual monkeys. Mm. I actually went to the Temple of a Thousand Monkeys oh. in, in India. Wow. Which was, and there were some, there were lots, lots of monkeys that were larger than you would expect. And very they, angry, they, very were greedy. Were they showing their teeth they a were, little bit? Yeah. And I know you don't, you don't show your teeth. You don't smile. Because I want to laugh and have fun with monkeys. But when you show your teeth... Earlier that trip, <laughs> there's a story here. I brought an elder from our church, Ooh. and we had gone to a small monkey temple out, uh, uh, and he thought it would be great to, you know, feed the monkeys, and just a just a bad idea. Just you know, we it had some food, good. and so he threw it out the window, and we're all, and then suddenly the temple cleared out and surrounded our car, angry. Hungry monkeys that weren't used to be. It wasn't as popular as the as the temple the tourist was. This is a small mom and pop monkey temple. Wow! So angry, screaming monkey like so. That could be terrifying. So, yeah, uh, the elder was being just didn't didn't do it. So yeah, that was my, so yeah. At least three different times, life and almost life and death situations around monkeys. Did that change how <laughs> you felt about monkeys? I now know I don't want to own one, right? But I still have a camaraderie. Okay, there's still a piece of my heart for monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why are we talking about I monkeys? I was going to ask you why. It's a great question and a great uh-huh. story, but where are we going? So the, so. Formula. We're talking about for- – right. we're going to talk about formulaic conversations and formulas and how something just happened in our show. We've, we've never talked about monkeys no. before. 
and we started talking about something, and then we just something got revealed. Right. And so I think that's actually we're going to talk about conversational formulas today. How does that sound? I think it sounds great because we were talking about this earlier, and I'm I'm reading a book, and I my husband jokes with me because I get to about page fifty, and then I pause for a while, and maybe mm-hmm. I'll start another book. So he's like, <laughs> "Do you ever get past page fifty? And do have you ever seen the words the end on a book? And I have, and I do, but yeah. a lot of times I will pause around fifty. So I'm I think I'm at page forty two right now. Okay, you're yep. Yes, and I just started it last night. It's a really great book. But it's by a good friend of mine, Jamie Winship, and it's called Living Fearlessly. Okay. So I was reading this page last night, that um, this section of it, which really started me thinking about this topic. And I love that you asked that question about monkeys because it exactly is what okay. we're talking Interesting. about. Because he talked about there's two, like, theories of language. And I might mess this okay. up. You know, I, I don't know why I do radio because yeah. I don't know if I'm not good she, with words. She, but Jamie, she's not listening, right? Right. Okay. No. So Jamie's a guy. Oh, Jamie. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay, so um, it's the first one is formulaic language formulas. So like what that is is say um, you go to the grocery store or you go somewhere and you're like – or you see somebody. You go, hi, how are you? And their response is? Fine. Good. Fine. Busy. And, exactly. There. And then what do I say? Good. Yeah. Good for you. I'm glad to hear that, right? And then we both go on our way, end of conversation. Yeah. But we feel like we've made contact. Structure has been created. As right. That's what you're supposed to do in right. those circumstances. Right. So, so that's a that's a formula, right? Right. We all kind of do that. There's nothing unique. We just do that all the time. Right? Yeah. Sometimes we it's be, we rely on the formula because we don't know what to say. Exactly. Like we exactly. see someone. I'm sorry to hear that. Or. They were in the middle. They say, they're, uh, thank you for your service. Right. We just inst- we just have these things that we're wrote, programmed. programmed. We know what to right. say. We, you know, the appropriate thing is part of our culture. Right. right. Yeah. Then he talked about the second one is generative language formula. Generative. Mm-hmm. And that is what how Jesus spoke to people. And that's what like your question on monkeys. It wasn't your typical formula. Right. You, you took me off. It took us to a place that was unique, that was yeah. not typical, wasn't your typical answer where you go, monkeys, good. Yeah. It was like, okay, a story, or here's my thing. So Jesus talked in generative language because every person he encountered was unique. Mm. So he just mm-hmm. didn't go, hi, how are you? Yeah. Right? He would, he would engage in a unique conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, Zacchaeus, you know? Right. I mean, I, I'm coming to your house, right? right. Um, he, just, he just met people where they're at, and, and he spoke a different language, mm. which generative language takes effort. It's work because you're not – you don't just rely on what you've always been programmed yeah. to do. And so like an example, like um, – so one, this is a few years ago. I was at the grocery store, and generally, you know, when the cashier is running your items, you're like, right. well, hi, good morning. How are you? And they're like, fine. You're like, well, good. And then – you just kind of, you know, just very casual, just, you know, talking. So this one particular day, I was at the having my groceries being scanned and done. And so I asked the gal behind the counter, I said, good morning, how are you? And she replied, I'm not doing well. Okay, that broke, that's not in my formula, right? right. I mean, that's like, okay, what? you can't just say good and go on. So I said, oh, I am so sorry. Mm. Um are you okay? Is is there, you know, and she's like, well, my son is having surgery today, later today, and I'm really worried about him and whatever. So it takes you to a place where you just can't, you just can't pro- use your programs, you know. Mm. So it's like I, we had a different conversation. Mm. Um, and I just said, hey, what, what's your name? I'm going to be praying for you. What's your son's name? It established a relationship that to this day, 
She was my 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 cashier at Fry's. I always made sure I went through her line. She always looked for me to come through her line. Mm. She would share different things. We would meet for coffee. She would wow. go over. She lost her mom. We would have these conversations. To this day, she, she moved to another store, but she still checks on, and I still check oh. on her. But it was a generative conversation because right. it broke the formula. Right. She almost broke out. She she actually oh, technically she broke did. out at first. She totally but did. But you were able to adapt. Right. Right. Took it resp- yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it gets you thinking. So how many conversations do you think you have in a day that are centered around formulaic oh, languaging? I'm sh- I like to my think of myself as I'm aware of this. Like I want to have unique conversations with each person. But it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, or you, you you leave no space for it, or you don't. You maybe you're you're trying. You're thinking about something ahead, and there's actually a person in front of you, and you don't take the effort to try to connect or some way that's generative. Like, how could there be some value in this interaction that creates more humanity, yes. more more connection, more love, even if it's transitory, even right. if it's just a drive by, so to speak of conversation at least they know hey the world isn't such a horrible place Mm -hmm. just i i'm i i i view myself that way but i'm i'm so aware that i'm not always great at it right like i want to grow in that ability to have a unique experience with whether it's a cashier or whoever just so i think so let's talk that through like give me you know so I think there's different ways of asking questions. And this goes to peacemaking, right? Because yeah. peacemaking is what you just said. How do I connect at a human level and honor the humanity of another person mm-hmm. by really wanting to know who they are and what's going on and showing that I care? It shows empathy. If, yeah. you have, if you're just asking the generic questions, the formulaic questions, you're, it doesn't really go anywhere, right? It, it eventually stops pretty quickly. Right. So it's it's like how do we – there's different levels of questions, mm-hmm. you know? So how do you take a question even deeper, you mm-hmm. know? We connect, Julie, sometimes um, on general things, like everybody that does this, come connect, right? So you sh- shared interests, we can connect. Yeah. And then there's the, the ultimate, I think, question is, tell me your story. Tell me your story. What is your story? Because that it makes it unique. Nobody has the same story. Right. You're showing... I really, but the problem, the the challenge is, am I going to give space to listen mm-hmm. to the story? Right. So okay, there's context for that. You know, you might not be. You know, you wouldn't say that at the checkout line. No. Right. No. But like, let's say you're sitting on an airplane. That's a different conversation, right? So, are you a person that sits on the airplane and talks to the person, or do you put your AirPods well, and your... the, the funny thing is that I, I have historically been mm-hmm. a person who talks, but now that I realize that most people have a screen in front of them or on their phone, and are, I'm less likely to than I used to be. Right. And so I don't know. I, I think that's more of a negative. And now, like at the gym, I used to be very friendly at the gym. And so there's a couple things that happen. One, it, you know, people now, mo- almost everyone has music now, so there's le- it's harder to talk to someone. Right. You're not going to spot someone or something. And there's this weird like, don't talk to me, bro. Or, you know, whether you're a woman or a man, there's almost like, what's this is weird. Mm-hmm. So there's contexts where you don't necessarily have an, an easy way to talk. But I would I think there's value in it. There's value in trying to figure out. There's times when I think we can start a conversation. Absolutely. So I have a, I have a 
airplane story okay. conversation. So it, one year I'm going to D.C., and it was after the Patriots were here for the Super Bowl. So all these fans, and it was the morning mm. after, morning, morning. All these fans going on the plane, going back. There's uh, right. On the plane, there's politicians, high-profile politicians. There's a bunch of people on this plane. I'm on there with my daughter. We're going to, we're going to um, the National Prayer Breakfast right. in Washington, D.C. So we sit down. My daughter has the window seat. I have the middle. And then there's this woman sitting on the aisle. And she's talking to all these politicians and stuff. And I, so I, I don't know who she is, right? She's very quiet. So I sit there, and because I'm curious, mm-hmm. I'm like, I wonder how she knows all these people, right? Or is she a Patriots fan going back home? So I just start this conversation with her, and I start asking her questions. And I could tell by her body language a little bit. She's kind of like, all right, I'll answer your question. And then mm-hmm. she would stop, you know. But her answers were so intriguing. What, mm. what she, and I kept wanting to know more. So I'd ask another question and another question. And um, then she answered. Then we started getting into it. Then she started mm-hmm. sharing with me that she'd recently lost her mom and different things. And so she was very high profile. She was going to D.C. to um, to uh, present before Congress. Mm-hmm. And she and so I was intrigued. Right. And so we're having this beautiful conversation. We actually ended up talking the entire time. But before we got really into it, my daughter taps me on the shoulder. She knows mm-hmm. me. She can tell when I'm going to be engaged in a conversation. She goes, I'm going to go to sleep. So okay. she, she, you know, nice. okay. she's out. So we have this conversation. And the long story short is this woman ended up coming to church. She lives not too far from my house. Really? She's now one of my closest friends. Really? Totally engaged in ministry. Impacting so many lives, changing them. And it was from a conversation. And we laughed because she goes, I did not want to talk to you. But you kept asking questions, and I just felt like, and then it opened it up. Interesting, right? But I could, you know, how you can kind of read somebody going, I know they're resistant, but yet they're still we're connecting, right? You can kind okay. of sense that. Yep. But that was it was it was one of those generative conversations mm. where it was like so unique, and she was intriguing, and I was curious. So you never know where a conversation can can end if you can kind of read, you know, read the the room basically, but also. Be open. Right. So she turned her music back on. Say, I'm going to folk. I'm just going to. Do, you know, you would take that as a like, oh, for sure. Close it down for sure, and I would right. shut it down. Right. But we were both kind of like intrigued right. and had this conversation. So um, those are fun. And but yeah. sometimes you do get on a plane. You're like, I just want to rest. Right. right. And they might be in that same mood or whatever. Right. right. So right. It's true. <laughs> but how do we ha- start having conversations with people that have a different narrative? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so when we enter in that. How do we not stay in formulas? Right. Because if we stay in formulas, we're never going to go past, not going to go deep, not going to really discover anything and learn anything, right? So you were at a conference this this week, mm-hmm. right? And right. I, I heard a little bit about it. You know, I heard a little bit from it. And it was Global Leadership Summit, right? right? Mm-hmm. And there was a talk there on – there was something about removing something from your vocabulary. What was it? Okay, I have to make a true confession. I had to do a Zoom call. Oh, during that <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so I got the first 10 minutes. I'm going to go back and listen, oh, but I heard okay. it was amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Vanessa, I can't remember her last name, yeah. but um, and I think her book is Cues. Clues. Clues. Okay. Um, it was so fascinating, how, just how we engage with our language right. with people. It matters. So, get, so she was encouraging to get at the how are you doing – How's it going? How are you doing? Out of your vocabulary. Yes. Just, yes. just put it. Put it. She said, "Put it on a diet. Take it. Take it out for a month. You know, and try something else. Um, as a way to think think differently about when you connect. Just you meet someone. 
And even I think even in your own family, your friends. Mm-hmm. Do we have? The, are we having the same conversations? Yeah. How was your day? Yeah. Right. That was great. Yeah. Um, and you know, one of the things is like, what's your fa- what was your favorite part of your day? Yeah. You know, asking different questions that go somewhere that right. they have to reveal a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're so I walk my dog every morning, and there's certain people that you tend to run into cross paths, and so there's the there's the starting point of it's easy to talk. About the dog, right? You know, there's, and that's an easy. It's a great one. Great one reason we have a the kind of dog we actually have is so it actually brings us closer to other people. Right. It gets us out and in more in the neighborhood than we would if we had a, an evil cat or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know, dogs and babies pe- are yes. great connectors, yeah, right? You know, dogs and babies, yes. Cats, not so much. Not they're, so they're, much. They're disconnectors. But, we love okay. them, but not, yeah. <laughs> okay. Speak for yourself. No, just <laughs> you just alienated the cat lovers from our show. I'm a peacemaker. I'm not anti-cat. <laughs> they just don't like me. Okay. Well, that's fair. Okay. All but right. so, how do we get past the dog thing? Oh, you know, it's just so. I but event now. I've really gotten to know three or four neighbors fairly well, just because we're around each other. Two or three times a week, we I'm, we're walking the same direction for a little while, and yeah, you know, there's a, we have the dog icebreakers, or they have a dog in there, you know, whatever. I talk about their dog and talk about, oh, you've been in the neighborhood for a while, and this, you yes. know, these, are you, some, where's summer looking for you? Don't you, you know, the heat could lead to plans for, of your life, what you know, and then health, and then there it's, it's it's suddenly we're talking about all kinds of stuff, and now there's people who look forward to you know. I look forward to seeing it as well as I think at least they seem to at least look forward to seeing. Well, you're kind of forming a community, yeah, right? Yeah, a little community around because you're in the same space. But the how are you isn't really a part of it anymore. No, you know? no. And I think that's what's so good. It's like how do we take conversations beyond mm-hmm. just the the, uh, the pleasantries, yeah. so to speak? Because people want to want to be known. And that's it. That's really it. Like why is this so – so close to peacemaking like what what is the what within just having a being a good at conversation is so valuable in peacemaking mm-hmm. so that's the and I, that's it you you want to be known you want to be seen be seen yeah and you want to be known yeah and you want to know that you matter right right and so even in our questions our languaging how can we and i think part of it like in this book that i'm reading in page 40 you know um <laughs> You got 10 pages words, left. I know. One of the wor- words he uses is attention, right? Attention. Pay attention okay. to what's around you. I think that's part of it. If you go into your day going, God, what do you want me to know? God, what do you want me to see? Yeah. And then you start paying attention. And then he kind of opens Ooh, doors, right? Wow. Because you're, then you're paying attention to somebody. You're watching body language. Yeah. You're, you're listening differently. Right. So I think if you go into your day expecting yeah. God to reveal something to you, yeah. And you just ask him, what do you want me to see? What do you want me to know? Mm-hmm. I think that can help change your conversation. Yeah. And even a question you ask. Even somebody, you know, a, a coworker. Yeah. Or somebody in your family or a neighbor. Like yeah. really try to be a student of them. Like how are they coming across? How are they showing up that day? Is mm-hmm. there something that maybe they need encouragement? Mm-hmm. Just how do we ask questions differently? Mm. And I people sense that. I think if the, when you're paying attention. Right. Like we want attention. We want to say that we matter and value, but then people sense it. And so I think I love what you're saying that we prayerfully be prayerfully intentional mm-hmm. before we enter into anything. Like to, therefore, it's like be more aware when I walk into a store or when I'm 
sitting in a plane or wherever God has me and uh, sitting and, you know, waiting for Chipotle order. Right. And I'm like, um, you know, there's a, uh, there could be an opportunity. Right. You know. Right. I think it's just paying attention again mm-hmm. because we're so – we or our minds I, – I, I don't know about you, but you're, you're ready for the next thing, right? You yeah. just finished something. You're thinking about where you're going, the next meeting, the next conversation, and you're missing what's around you in the present, mm-hmm. the people that are right there. Our, you know, our, our situations. Mm-hmm. And so how do we be present by being mm-hmm. attentive? A lot mm-hmm. of it is just to that. And just – and I, that's hard for me because yeah. my mind is all over the place. Right, right. Right? <laughs> yes. Just to shut down and be present and yeah. see what's in front uh, yeah. of you. I'm, I'm sim- very similar. Very similar. Yeah. But you, you, you have a kind face and so – and you make eye contact mm-hmm. and I think it's easy. I would guess that it's easy for someone to – when you're looking out, you feel like they want you want to know, and and I don't think you don't have any posture of like I have some agenda related to like I'm trying to change right. you or sell you something or right. whatever. And I think when you come open handed, like not not agenda driven, and that's there's so maybe that's a there's a, a heart check as well. I think do that's what, really important. The yeah. agenda word. The, do we have some back agenda like? Even Christians can do this, mm-hmm. as well as people in sales. Mm-hmm. Like I have this, like prickly sales like sensitivity. Like I, I'm so aware of that mindset that ever people are approaching me to sell me something. Right. And I, some backgrounds that I can give negative experiences. I could, I could justify it, but whatever. I have a prickly sense, but other people have a prickly sense about different things. Right. Like it might just be either hitting on me or they might be they're trying to convert me or they're or they're selling me something or something and they get prickly. And you and feel so, like a project. Yeah, don't feel you? like a project. Not a person. Yeah, not a person. Yeah. And so like even asking our w- listeners like how, how do you feel when you feel like somebody's coming at you with an agenda? Yeah. And so how yeah. do we make people feel when we go in with an agenda? Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important mm. fact you brought up. Like yeah. how do we just go in open-handed going I just want to get to know you. Right. There's no end game. There's no agenda. How do we start just being curious of people, Mm -hmm. right, and really seeing them? And that's what Jesus modeled. He just cared about the individual person. He didn't have an agenda for them. He let people walk away from them. Right. You know? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And and, and he just just invited them in. Right. And then they could say no. Yeah. Right? So how, how do we practice that? That's really important. I think that's really – so one thing too. So here – so I'm trying to – how we could take this practically, like yeah. where where we could take this, and I I might have mentioned that um before, but it's worth re- repeating. Called the the listen the the fifteen minute challenge, where you 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 have a fifteen minute conversation where you don't talk about yourself. Mm. Um, you just learn to ask questions, and never give your opinion or judgment or or a your own example. Because sometimes someone shares something and we instantly think, oh, that reminds me of – and even though our intention is to be connecting, a lot of times we end up turning the focus back on ourselves. But if we really want someone to be understood and heard and seen, then we need to turn the focus back on to them. That's so good. What do you, so the 15-minute challenge. So 15 minutes, no talking about yourself or opinion. So I just – have you, have you practiced that? I have. And how, I have. what was that like? 
Because I know you're, you, yeah. we're both very talkative, right? Yeah. And we have questions. <laughs> That's right. So how, how was that experience? Very, very powerful. Very powerful. And I, I, I mean, I, I've, I go in and I ebb in and out of it, but I always value it. And when it, and people say like you, they really see, think that I, they really are convinced that I care for them. Now, just as in closing, as we're kind of we're wrapping up our show, that um, we had a listener who ended up having a peaceable conversation. They we don't get to hear too much from our listeners, and, and we, that's something we'd love to learn more. It's like what, how do you, how are you responding to our show? But a listener who shared with their family member and you want you, you want you you finish the story i think it'd be better well, you, it was beautiful because they yeah. emailed us to say i just want you to know that this made a difference because i practice and um it opened up a conversation with the family member about and we had a different conversation because it was it was a dialogue yeah it wasn't debating and it was really listening like you said that 15 listening yeah to each other and this is my why and this yeah. is that why and going oh i now i understand yeah why you say that right why this it wasn't trying to convince each other there was no right. agenda right in the conversations like i'm just showing up to listen and to understand your perspective yeah. and how it changed the relationship so there's the fr- that's the fruit both in my life i've seen it and then with our own listeners so I've loved this conversation. This has been a great show. I, I, I it's gone by so fast because there's I, it's, it, <laughs> it's it really is challenging yeah. to think about how we're showing up in a conversation. Yeah. And I love your 15 minutes. Thank you so much for tuning in, Couch Culture. I'm Jonathan, Lee, and this is Lisa, and we've just enjoyed. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Amplify Peace, educating, immersing, training, and launching peacemakers to build united communities. 